Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And what we want to do today is to show you how to have a breakthrough God's way. So when I talk about walls falling, I'm referring to the kinds of walls that imprison us to our past or to an addiction which brings division between us and God and His purpose for our lives. God wants to remind you today that you have a purpose. And our role, we believe, as a church, through God's Word and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's to equip, encourage, and empower you to learn more about your purpose. But I want to begin with a question right now. And the question is this, where do breakthroughs begin? Have you ever thought about it? I wonder if I just handed the mic around real quick right now, just what the responses would be. Like, I think it's important that we have a a clear response to the answer, where does a breakthrough begin? And so today I want to prepare your hearts for what God wants to do for you, in you, and through you. And I've been asking God to help me lay a foundation so that I might speak it like I hear it, but at the end of the day, your breakthrough is not determined how well I speak or don't speak because your breakthrough is on the other side of you having a breakup with your history so that you can walk in your purpose and in your destiny. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29, it says, Is not my word like a fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces? And so God is telling us in one verse that he has the power, he's got the fire, he's got the resource uh, to bring about the breakthrough, and that he also has the tool. He likens his word to a hammer. And so, but what's our part? Because a breakthrough doesn't just happen. So in a very short space of time, we've already learned God's word is like a fire and it's like a hammer. In one verse, we've learned that he's got all the resource and he's got all the tools. Is not my word like a hammer. And this is what I was saying earlier. You know, you turning up here today, uh, some of you may not even feel like being here today. But congratulations on turning up. And because you have God's word is like a hammer in your life. It's like a fire. It's purifying you and it's chipping away at that wall until it finally comes down. You know, most people prefer the idea of God changing their circumstances over the idea of God changing their hearts. And sometimes somebody might come into prayer and say, God, change my circumstances. Or change that person in my life. What about praying a prayer that says, God, change my heart. Don't change what's around me. Change what's on the inside of me. For that's where his kingdom lives. Lord, help me to see what you see. Because what I'm seeing right now in this relationship, in this challenge, or not knowing what to do in the future, my sight, my vision is limited from an earthly point of view. But God, you live in heavenly places. And you see it all. You know it all. Lord, please, I humble my heart. Help me to see what you see. 
You can be in the right place like you are today at the right time with the right people in the presence of a loving and a mighty God, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that the walls are going to fall. And you are in the right place today with the right people in the presence of a loving God, but that's not actually a guarantee that you're going to get your breakthrough. You know, a few years ago, I used to uh, attend a public gym, right? And so I did so for a couple of years, but these days I've now set up a, a gym in my garage and uh, because it just works better for my lifestyle and time management. And my workouts are actually, you know, a little bit more intense because I sort of do, I, I wouldn't like to do what I do in the garage in a public gym. You know what I'm saying? So my workouts are a bit more intense there and it's just better for me. But I remember, I remember uh, this guy at the gym for the duration of my time there. Let's call, let's call him Jimmy. You know, Jimmy was there for the uh, duration of my membership. And in all of that time, I didn't actually see any change in Jimmy's physical appearance. There was no weight loss and there were no muscle gains. And yet newer members were coming in way after Jimmy had ever become a member. And they were seeing transformation, but Jimmy was not. And then I noticed over time how Jimmy never did anything different. He just ticked the boxes. And, you know, he would tick the box of turning up to the gym. And, and at the end of the day, I just think to myself that Jimmy was primarily there, maybe to check out who was in the gym, and maybe just more for uh, social reasons. But I never saw him you know, extend himself or fully devote himself to any exercise program. He always did the same warm-up routines and he always lifted the same amount of weights and he just never increased the value of his commitment and subsequently there was no change. I also remember uh, at that time uh, when I started my membership, uh, sitting down with a personal trainer, I decided to employ the services of a personal trainer and he began to ask me about my goals. And so the two things that I really wanted to talk to him about was learning more about nutrition. That was the number one thing. I just want to learn about nutrition because for me that was most important. The second thing that I wanted to learn about is just good form. You know, just how to do the exercises well so that I don't hurt myself, right? And so, and so we had a good chat. The program was written out and then I applied the program. But can you imagine with me just for a few moments, if I turned up to our first training session and before we begin, I begin to tell my trainer the following. I begin to say now, there's certain things that I just need you to know about me. And one is, I don't eat eggs. I don't eat any kinds of greens or vegetables. I don't eat lean meats. And I prefer all the, you know, every kind of processed food rich in sugars and fats. Furthermore, I just need you to know something about me 
that I don't do legs because that just hurts way too much. I'm not into pull-ups or any form of cardio. And I need you to understand why I don't believe in any form of cardio. It's like, I don't know why, but I just don't believe in it. Now, imagine with me the outcome or what, how that conversation would have played out. We all know that that personal trainer is probably going to say, in fact, he is going to say, or she is going to say, they're going to say, listen, we've hit a wall <laughs> already and it, we haven't even begun. They're going to say, when you're ready, count the cost and come back to me when you're ready to apply the program. Because you see, it's not the personal trainer who does all the work. It's the trainee, right? It's the trainee. Now that's in the natural. It's in the natural. But the same principles apply in the supernatural. And like I asked earlier, how have you come to church today? How have you come? Where's your expectation? Where's your motivation? Have you already subscribed to what you're going to do or not to? Or have you come with the motivation to learn, to get a breakthrough and to grow? Because you see, here's a, a phrase that I really want you to get a hold of, and it's this. Breakthroughs begin when excuses end. I've already said and read out earlier from Luke chapter 4, verse 18, we're in the presence of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That means that that anointing is the, the presence and the power of God. He's here. And so one of the most famous walls in all of the Bible are the walls of Jericho found in Joshua chapter 6. And uh, this is gateway word of the week. In case you don't know, the walls of Jericho were no ordinary walls. They were heavily fortified, impassable, and were known to have double walls with one standing over five meters in height and two meters thick. These are the walls of Jericho. And uh, somebody once said, somebody preached a message once upon a time, that just as the Jericho was fortified, the walls of Jericho can also be a testimony to the walls that we set up around our hearts. These are the kinds of walls that we can set up around our hearts. So let's uh, look at Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, and uh, I'm going to begin to read. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, can I just get you to note, the first thing that God gets Joshua to do is see. This is the first thing he says. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. It's all yours. It's your inheritance. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry uh, trumpets of rams, horns, in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. 
Yeah, there's so much in this passage, and, uh, but one thing I just felt the Holy Spirit highlighting for me as I was reading the Word of God is that somebody needs to get their shout back. You know, and getting your shout back doesn't necessarily mean you've got to go around shouting. Uh, it might. It could be in your praise. It could be in your worship. It could be getting your voice, finding your voice again, beginning to actually talk about the issue at hand. Not hiding behind a wall because you're too scared to talk about it or because of what somebody might think. Uh, in saying all of that, I would encourage you to pray for wisdom and ask God to direct you to speak to the right person because you don't want to just share stuff that's hidden behind walls, perhaps even for years, and uh, not have the right person to talk to. So it is important to talk to the right person. But I just love the fact that God said, shout, right? Because sometimes a shout, right, it just has a way of breaking something, breaking intimidation, breaking something in the atmosphere, because that's how powerful your words are. Your words have power. And so the walls of Jericho can be a metaphor when it comes to the strongholds that we've built for ourselves, which bring a division, not only against God, but also our loved ones, our purpose and our destiny through Christ. You know, a lot of the relational issues that you have could be with your spouse, family, doesn't matter. You know, it could be with anyone and everyone you come across. I don't know. You know, the issue is not those around you. The issue is a wall that we've built that is hiding the real you. And we've got to do it, not just, we've got to break through, not just for ourselves, but for all of those around us. These walls ultimately keep us from experiencing pure love, joy, peace, forgiveness, and healing. Walls can make us believe that we're, in, that we're in a prison with no door or window to escape. But I've got good news today. Because there is a door, and that door is the door that is in your hearts. And this is why Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it's one that you know well. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and they with me. You know, God today wants you to encounter more pure love, more, more grace, more, more peace, more joy in your life. That's what he wants for you. And I know that it's also what you desire here today. And I just want to say for whatever it's worth, uh, I just feel to say this, don't be afraid. Be courageous and be strong and begin to open up that door of your heart that little bit more and you'll see miracles take place. And so I'm well and truly, um, I'm probably three quarters, you know, 70, 80% into my message today. How do we break these walls and strongholds in our lives? Four keys very quickly. What I'm going to do is just land these keys and then we're going to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to move. Point number one today is the word see. We need to see. Walls have a way of blinding us to our future. Walls get in the way. You could have the most loving spouse, the most kindest person around you in the presence of a loving God, but because of the walls, you can't see. And this is why God said to Joshua, see, I have delivered you. I want to ask you today, can you believe that? 
that Jesus is not only delivering you right now, not later, but right now, even as I speak, I'm not believing, I don't think that uh, God just moves at an altar call. I think God moves through the preaching of the gospel, uh, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's a part of that whole thing, follow me and I'll make you. Well, Lord, when did it happen? Just keep following me, I'm going to make you. How long will it take? Just keep following me and I'm going to make you. Right? And so point number one, see, I have delivered you. You see, it's not only important to see what God sees, but it's important to acknowledge and to see the wall or the walls that stand between us and God. It's hard to have a breakthrough and to head in a certain direction when you don't see or name the wall that's standing between you and God. And uh, Ephesians chapter... Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 is really a prayer from the Apostle Paul. And I want, I'm going to pray this prayer over you right now. Are you ready? And he said, actually, what we're going to do is read this out together. Now, last Sunday, when we read out the scriptures together, we had a power outage. And together, let's read. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Are you ready? As you, pray, as you read this out, you're praying this over your own life. Nice, loud voice. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance. That word is for you. And it doesn't matter where you find yourself. When I look around this room, everyone finds themselves in a different place in life. Uh, everyone's status, to a lesser or greater degree, is different. It could be a different relational status, uh, vocation status. Uh, the list goes on. But none of those things are a wall or a barrier to God. And He loves you and He has a great purpose for you. So point number one, C. Point number two, separate. Separate. A breakthrough into your future follows a breakup with your past. How do we do that? Once again, we have to see what breakup we need to have with our history so that we can step into the present and into the destiny that God has for us. Sometimes having a breakup means no longer hanging out with the same social crowd who are leading us astray. Next week, we're going to take a look at a paralyzed man in John chapter 5. And this particular man had been paralyzed in the same location, which was uh, at the pool of Bethesda, with, surrounded by the same community in the same place for 38 years. And he was, he found himself so over-attached to his past that he became more loyal to his history and a community of sick people that he couldn't actually see that Christ was standing before him, offering his hand and calling him to step into his destiny. 
And this goes back to like uh, what I was saying earlier today. Quite often we're praying, God, would you please change my circumstances? Would you please come down? Because in that particular story, the paralyzed man said that every time the angel comes down to stir the water, uh, others get in before me. But now Jesus is coming and standing before this man. And what Jesus actually asked this man to do is to not wait for the angel to come down, but for the man to get up from his place and step up. And I just know that that's a word for someone. God is wait. Don't wait for God to come down because God is waiting for you to get up, to step up and to move forward. Point number three today is the word, you're going to love this word. It's really good. It's really cool when you see people taking notes. Like, that's cool. I know you're going to love this word. This is like one of your favorite words. And point number three is the word submit. Isn't that a great word? Submit. What? It's like the cause of my walls right now. My walls are going up again, right? So the word submit, it's a biblical word when it's used in the right way. In James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, let's read it out together. Nice loud voice, can we do that? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is where a lot of Christians get it wrong, right? Because what do they focus on? They focus on resist the devil and he will flee, with, uh, flee from you. But the devil knows that you've got no authority because you're not submitted to God. And the only way you can tell a devil to go or see a, a demon flee from you is to, number one, stand with Christ behind you. To stand with Christ, right? You can't stand apart from Christ and tell the devil to go or for that wall to come down because the devil's going to laugh. He's going to say, oh, you're just filling up on processed foods. You're just interested in the carbs and the fats and the sugars of this world. You're not interested in growing or getting lean, if you like, in the things of God. So he just keeps on tormenting us. And so if you want more authority, you've got to, uh, in a closer relationship with Jesus, you've got to have a closer relationship with his word. So the order, according to James, is that God gives more grace. That is why the scripture says God is opposed to the uh, proud, but he gives grace and favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, his authority, his lordship. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The last point today, uh, which is designed to help you, it's a key to help you have a breakthrough. After you've seen what the wall is, you've named it, you're giving it to God, you know that God is going to deliver you. After you've begun to separate yourselves from a community that is not heading in the same direction as you when it comes to your faith, after you then you've submitted to God, then the fourth key today is just keep standing. Keep standing. The, the fourth key is stand. Stand, stand, even when you don't feel like it. And I know that we're all testimonies here today of standing when we didn't feel like we could. But you've got to keep on turning up.
I like to encourage our church to do their ABCs. Do, you know, faith is as easy as ABC. And putting it simply, um, which I also define as Christianity 101, A, attend church services. B, belong to a life group, a small community throughout the week. C, contribute to the ministry. Not just even the ministry, but to the community. Contribute to the community of your time, your talent, and your treasure. If you focus well on your ABCs, you're going to grow. You can't not grow. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14a, thanks, Adrian, thanks, Popes. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the day of evil, so that you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand your ground. Just keep standing. And I want to invite you to stand here today. Would you do that if you're able to? If you're not able to, you may remain seated. If you're able to, please stand. So that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand. So again, welcome to uh, the launch of this series. It's a, it's a big series. We're looking at it because we want to see those things that are holding you back removed. We want to see those things that are standing between you and your purpose and your inheritance come down. So allow me to pray right now. And uh, then I want to give someone the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And so, Father, I just want to say thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's uh, an anointing that is not of a man. It's not an anointing that is of a church. But it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray, Lord God, that as, uh, even as the word has been spoken, I just pray for all of those in the room and for those online that your Holy Spirit will continue to move. Thank you for miracles in this place. I pray that, Lord, perhaps, and I, I do believe that there are some in their hearts who are just opening up the door of their heart all the more right now just allowing the anointing to come upon you, allowing the Holy Spirit to descend. And uh, I just see walls, uh, the wall of uh, uh, abuse, the wall of unforgiveness, the wall of anger, even hatred, the wall of uh, trauma, the wall of anxiety and fear, and uh, the, the wall of addiction which can come in many forms. The Lord wants you to know it's no barrier to Him. He still loves you. Even though you've built up a wall, I hear the Lord saying, I still see you and I still love you and I'm still calling, I'm knocking even on the door of your heart. And so Holy Spirit, thank you that you're doing a gentle work here. I, I feel like you're doing a very gentle and a kind and a generous work here, but a profound work. I think that perhaps, God, sometimes we think 
that the breakthrough is going to come through a certain way or a certain means. But Lord, in the anointing, uh, which is also known as uh, the oil, the, the anointing oil has a way of just loosening things where things just miraculously uh, begin to move again and things just kind of fall away. So, Lord, I'm praying for those kinds of miracles. I see that in many people's lives, you're doing that right now. And there's a great peace coming upon you. And there's a sense of healing and that you're free. So, Lord, I thank you for that work, um, both in the room and for all of those who are tuning in online. I thank you for that work in Jesus' name. And now I simply want to give someone the opportunity to repent and respond to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so perhaps, uh, you know, you know God well, you have a revelation of who Jesus is. But it's like you've been following Jesus at a safe distance. There's a measured distance. You're not wanting to get too close because you're kind of a little bit afraid of what he might ask you to do. I just want to say that's really no relationship at all. You know, if my wife and I, you know, sort of were together at a safe distance, pardon me, at a, at a safe distance, the communication lines would be uh, very faint and it would be very hard to hear one another uh, until we get close and walk side by side. So I just feel like there's someone, some ones who need to bridge the gap in their relationship with Jesus and not follow him at a safe distance. Whoever you are and uh, wherever you find yourself, let me invite you to pray this prayer after me, which is a prayer that simply says, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. And uh, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer both in the room and and online. So can I invite you to pray this prayer after me? Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself today and I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. Help me to see what you see about my life. And help me to follow you so that you might make me into the person you've created and purposed me to be. This day, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again on the third day. I acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord my healer, the saviour of my soul, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.